This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't even know what to say. This is a bonusode. First bonusode. This is the first bonusode. I mean, like, this is going to be. What a treat this is going to be. Banana bonusode. So we are going to keep making bananas for another, at least another couple of years, thanks to the the great (laughs) people at Exactly Right saying, you guys are doing pretty good. We'd like to keep you around. And because of that, we thought that the mini-sodes, which are very fun for us, are 20-minute, twice-a-monthers, we said, no, we want to do bonus-odes, which is one extra episode every month. It's sort of a yard sale where we take your confessions, we take the news that slips through the cracks. We, we take uh, we, we go to yeah we go to other places other than the news. We're going we're gonna be dipping a lot more into Craigslist mm-hmm. to next door mm-hmm. to Citizen. I mean the stuff that's like not big enough for a uh, I think bananas story because we're definitely gonna spend whatever twenty minutes talking about one story. These oh, are yeah. more like this is gonna we're just gonna cruise through stuff that we just find insane that you guys send us. That's right. This is our time to have a good time. These are our bonus sods. You can expect 12 a year. And, you know, it's just a little treat. We hope this drops into your your iPod and you go, oh, wow, the Banana Boys are back at it again. Because I think people get into a habit of like being like, oh, I'm not like mini sods. They're not for me. Maybe I listen to one or maybe. And then they just skip the mini sod. But this is a new thing. You're going to have to give it a try. Send us your confession. Send us your stories. If you need mediocre advice from two best friends we're happy to give you mediocre (laughs) advice just send it along label it bonus sode hit us up and also this is a new thing that you can do as well this is very exciting Mm. is if you would like our advice and you do not mind having your voice on on air Uh um we would have to have you sign a release and everything but you can send us a dm like okay. a, a, a voice DM mm. with your question for advice or your confession, yes. if you yes. want. And then we would yeah. be able to play it, and that would be very exciting. That and is what is in beta mode. That is bananas beta mode. We're that's gonna beta. That as we go. We're not tech guys. We're not tech guys. Probably I'm going to be told we legally can't do that. <laughs> yep. We're not law guys either. We're, we're silly banana guys. boys. We're exactly. currently on strike. So, <laughs> but for example, let me just read this one that we got from Ray Lady. Okay. Please. Are you kidding me? Ray hey, Lady. Scotty. Mm. Ray Lady. We love you on Instagram, the Bananas Podcast. Y'all already know that. Hey, Kurt and Scotty, 
I need to tell you about the best game of restaurant I've ever played with a kid. His name was Leo, and I babysat him for a short time. He had long blonde hair and a very thick little kid accent. One day, we went to the park, and Leo wanted to play restaurant. Wait, wait, time out, time out. Yeah, of course, I think I do. But uh, when when she says, when this person says... Little kid accent. That means he has a speech delay, right? That's. <laughs> I think it's like I'm a little kid and I'm very yeah, yeah. scared. Right, right, right. Okay, um, great. Just, just so we know that this isn't like a German child. <laughs> that's <Who's> right. Like, <laughs> Are we going to the playground now? <laughs> Come on, mother. Uh, but yeah, you know, when you're playing restaurant, I don't know if they play this internationally. We got a DM today from our biggest Hungarian bananimal, and I was yeah. pumped that we had somebody in Hungary. Restaurant is exactly what do you think? You you like order things from little kids. Sometimes they draw it in crayon on a piece of paper and serve it to you. It's they play the waiter, they play the staff. It's very charming. Mm-hmm. And repetitive. <laughs> and boy, do they love serving you that hamburger over, over and over and over and over. And over. So here we go. So Leo wanted to play restaurant, and they had one of those little cutouts that looked like the front of a store in this park. Leo told me uh, to order a hamburger from him, so I did. He turned around to make the burger and started grumbling about how much supplies cost him and how (laughs) he was never going to make a profit. (laughs) (laughs) After he gave me my burger, he told me to take it back because he hadn't made it right. Next, he told me, Uh, to say I was the health inspector. When I did tell him I was the (laughs) health inspector, he went, oh no, they're going to shut me down this time. I'm doomed. (laughs) (laughs) After he barely passed the health inspection, he told me to order again and put my money, aka a handful of wood chips, on the counter while he grabbed the food. This little kid rules, by the way. Yeah, I like this kid. He is a full entrepreneur at age of four. Uh, so he told me to put my wood chips on the counter while he grabbed the food. He then whispered for me to knock the wood chips onto the ground when he turned his back to me. When he turned his back around, he put his hands on his head and said, Oh no, I've been robbed. I'm, oh, I guess I should do it in a kid voice. Oh no, I've been robbed. I'm going to have to close down. How will I feed my family? Oh my God. Oh my God. What is this child watching it? What is going on? <laughs> Leo. All is... the none of the fun of restaurant, just all the stress. <laughs> <laughs> this is every episode of Bob's Burgers happening <laughs> in real time. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Oh, that's I think this kid loves well, Bob's, Bob's burgers. burgers. Yeah. Finally, he instructed me to complain that his burger had given him food poisoning. <laughs> He yelled, this will ruin me. I'm never going to be able to stay open. My reviews. Oh, my God. I have no idea where he got this from. His parents are both doctors, and no one in his family owns a restaurant. I just (laughs) thought you two would like this, Ray. Ray, we loved it. Ah, that's fantastic, Lady Ray. Thank you for sending it in. Oh, Uh, oh, man. That's immediately, uh, str- you know, it is interesting, too, that um, k- little kids pretending, I've noticed this because I did improv for a very, I taught improv for many, yes, many years. 
And one of the first things that we try and teach in improv, we, I don't teach improv. I haven't, ta- I haven't taught improv in oh, 15 years. Oh, you're good at it. You're good at I it. I did. T- you did. I taught you, I, didn't I? Level one. I took level one so you That's would think crazy. I was funny so you would work with me. That's I won. insane. <laughs> you did, Scotty. It worked. I was pretty good. You're very funny. Um, obviously. But mm. um, is that we always work on people saying no, you know? Yes. Of like finding a problem. Um, and instead of finding a problem, like pushing the forward, the scene forward, so saying yes and adding to things, right? Okay, yeah, sure. But it's very interesting that ki- the almost always when you first start to play a game with a kid and they set the rules, uh, they'll find a problem with being able to complete the rules they set for you. So it's like that mm. whole thing of like, order a burger for me. And you're like, can I have a burger? And they'll be like, I'm out of cheese, so no. But, you know, and it's just like, oh. it's really interesting that they're always, they can't ever complete the task that they have provided for you. And I'm always trying to figure out like, where, where is that coming from? Yeah. You know, like that desire to... Like, say, like, this is what we're going to do, and then immediately put a wrench in it. I guess it's almost like a desire for a narrative, right? Yeah. It's a desire, right? Because that's, that's what all of the narratives they watch are for, like, movies and Conflict, TV shows. Right. right? It's like, we're going to do this thing. Oh, there's complications to us doing the thing. So we have to overcome the complications in order to accomplish what we set out to I do. so. That but must don't you think it's like it. a power struggle, though? Like, kids have such little agency in the world that whenever they... It's like when people yeah. cross a crosswalk and then it's turned green and they just stare at you like, what are you going to do, hit me? It's like... All day long, that person feels like they have no power, yeah. that their boss is yelling at them, that their partner thinks they're a dumbass, and so they, they steal this little bit of meaningless power from you to be like, what are you going to do, murder me and go to jail forever? <laughs> yeah. Well, that is the what, what I think I maybe have mentioned it on the podcast, or maybe I just mentioned to you in person, but mm-hmm. now that's my theory of people who have loud pipes on their motorcycle, oh, like sure. incredibly loud motorcycle pipes. That my theory is that just their whole life, no one listened to them. That's right. And they were never heard. And so they're now like, I'm going to make everybody hear me. I'm going to wake children up that live a mile away (laughs) from where I'm riding. Yeah. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. They don't get laid because of it. Nothing good comes of it. They just make a lot of noise and go home (laughs) alone. (laughs) Over. And over. Speaking of which, yes. here's a uh, here's a confession. This one we got a long time ago, and I bet this, this nice person didn't think we'd get to it. Confession. College story: taking friends' virginity. Nicholas Cage. Okay, this is that. This is the this is the subject line of this. Correct. Okay, thank you. This is this bananimal, this wonderful bananimal, just letting us know they have taste. Okay. They know how to tease us into a story. Oh, we're already interested. I mean, I am chomping at the bit over here. So, in my freshman year at University of Nevada, I was staying in the dorms. Classic. Classic place to stay? First year of college. One of of the best. Mandatory at UMass. Almost one of the only places. (laughs) (laughs) It's dorms or home. (laughs) I love dorm life. I was just in Massachusetts last weekend doing a reunion with all my college buddies, and we walked on campus, and... College kids do look very young, but not a lot of change. Like you could feel the same energy. Yeah. Like you could see where we fit in all these years later. It was like the dorms look the same. That is fascinating that the dorms don't change. They don't. 
They do not change. They're just the same. And I think I really liked it. I think I really liked it, but I just I had so many issues with individual personalities. Like like my my first roommate wanted to beat the shit out of me, so that was like an issue. You know, like that like soiled the kind of. But like at first, it was like, oh my god, like you have you can just go see your friend, walk up some stairs, and there's your friend. Mm -hmm. You know, like that was Mm -hmm. cool. I really liked that. Cool. It was the best. Did you live off campus uh, at any time? Yeah, last junior and senior year, we rented a house that everybody called the Ducks House because we had a TV show right. called Feeding the Ducks, and it we threw such ragers. We also drove by last weekend just to check out the house. It's like way better condition. It's amazing what that landlord was charging us, you know, twenty years ago, and. Uh, like what a dump it was. But yeah. at UMass, you have to stay on freshman year, and they highly suggest you stay on uh, campus junior, or excuse me, sophomore year too, just to build community. And I I, was, yeah. I liked it. But once just, we were on campus. Just to build community and that, and that fat rent and Ooh. that sweet fat rent Room that they charge. <laughs> we're going to take that Pell Grant right out of your pocket. It's all about community, pocket. except it's about money. <laughs> when I was a freshman, I talked about this a long time ago, but I did a paper on the importance of penis length in society for a creative writing class. <laughs> uh, we had to do like a factual research project, and everybody mm-hmm. was like, is the curse of the Red Sox real? And like, you know, that kind of stuff. And I yeah. did not care for the professor. I think she was phoning it in and not very good writer. And so one of the so I decided to really do this. Turns out there's tons of research on this. I mean, it's tons. weird how much there is. Maybe too much, and I contributed <laughs> to it for that. I'm sorry. And then one of the things I did is I handed out a survey, anonymous survey, to everybody in my dorm that knew me or like I just I was like, do you want to do this? And it was basically like, does it matter? What do you think is large? All these things. Uh huh. And there is one silent woman who was a probably a senior, and she was on our our freshman only floor and she had like a little studio and I know it was her because she just handed it to me and it was like what do you consider a large penis and she's like anything under 11 inches is small and I was like <laughs> whoa what's been going on in that dorm room how small is that studio and then I'm like this and so of course I anything under uh a fairy tale <laughs> penis <Yeah>. is- a curse <laughs> Anything, Anything under a, a, di- a disability is no good for me. <laughs> oh, you're seven feet tall? That's still too big. You are <laughs> cursed. Good luck uh, in your spin class. Okay. So my freshman year at University of Nevada, I was staying in the dorms. There was a guy on my floor who was fine as hell, and I ended up finding out he was a virgin. Being a nice lady, I offered to, quote, help him out without, end quote. <laughs> I love that. That's a, that's such a a great like that's college. <laughs> I, yeah, I had that high school story. I've definitely told them bananas were at a party. I was a junior. Everybody else was senior. It was senior week, and one woman who was a goody two shoes stood up and was like, "I'm a virgin. I don't want to go to college a virgin. Is anybody else here a virgin?" And this other guy was like, "I am." And she was like, "Do you want to have sex?" And they went to the other room and they had sex. That's amazing. And they came out like you know ten minutes later, and we were like, "Awesome." Wow. It was cool. It was very mature. Yes, of course it was. And it's also, it's like, that's a public consent. We were, we all, it was a public consent. They wore protection. It's a great story. I'm telling you on a podcast all these years later. They didn't end up together, which is also a very good part of that story. That's great. Um, I offered to help him out with that if he ever wants to lose it. A year later, 
we're out of the dorms and he takes me up on my offer. We were just friends, so there was no expectation of romance, but I did want to make it comfortable and at least semi-memorable. Mm-hmm. So he comes over and I diffuse the situation by offering to put on a movie. He lets me pick and I decide on National Treasure. <laughs> because there's nothing like having sex for the first time while hearing Nicolas Cage going full conspiracy theorist. <laughs> I mean, this is such a good choice. Such a good choice. Anyway, we take care of that, and I don't hear from him uh, again until a few months ago. So this is a full 10 years later. Wow. He sends me a follow request on Instagram. He deleted it a few days later, so he must have come to his senses. I this is just a confession that doesn't need absolution. Yeah. You did a great thing. You did a and great you thing. Created a memory. So good for you. I I oh that's so I wonder about that. Because I and I think we talked about that. I don't I can't remember if we did or not. Who cares? But that whole idea of when there's a build up yes. uh to having sex with someone where you're like where you go through a whole thing, yes. and then you're like, no, or like if you're dating someone else, for instance, and then you like meet someone, and then like there's this thing that you can tell, and you're like, oh, we really like each other, but we're both dating other people, and then you yeah. go your separate ways, sure. and then like a year or two or three years, you come back, and then you like finally hook up. I think it's I at least in my in my experience, it's always been bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Accurate. Because there's just been this level of buildup that, like, no thing can match what it would possibly be. Um, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Right? My experience, same thing. Same thing. It's always like, it's never bad, but it's also like... It's never amazing. It's we never like... knocked this out five years ago. We should have done it five years ago, and then we're like, oh, we're not... This isn't us. You were not for each other. It was just mm-hmm. like a, an energy thing or whatever. But yeah, that's fascinating. Oh, so I have one for you, Scott. Ooh, I love stuff. This reminded me of you. Um, oh, good. When I saw it, I'm chomping at it the bit again. Craigslist. Oh boy, um, I, I was just cruising through Craigslist. Yes, um, and I sent it to you. Here it is. This is a okay. uh, post on Craigslist uh, for Uber alternative, and it mm. is a picture of a gentleman in a Ford. 250 four by four says screw uber it's friday night don't drink and drive message me and i'll come get you in a 2000 ford f-250 four by four with a case of beer and a cooler in the back blasting skinnered on the stereo on the speakers and i'll holler and i'll holler hell yeah brother at everything you say (laughs) that hell yeah brother is so scotty it's so it's exactly what you would do just the whole time to strangers hell yeah brother yeah that's it. Looking good, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun to find a catchphrase and then never do it again. Um, <laughs> and you know that I do that more than anybody ever should. <laughs> I really just find it funny. I think it's so... I remember one of the first times I hung out with your now wife, then girlfriend, Lauren. We all got tanked in this village, and I think she was living more towards Williamsburg in kind of a nice apartment, and we all split a cab, which was so rare for us back then. But I was really drunk, and at everybody on the street corners or crossing the street that we passed in the cab, I was just yelling, hey, yo, pep, pep, which <laughs> means nothing. But I remember Lauren laughing at, like, it was her first time getting to know me, and I'm just going, hey, yo, pep, pep, and everybody's <laughs> waving, you're doing it, she starts doing it, 
I've never said it before. I've never said it again. It just, but hey, yo, Pep Pep got her laugh. And I could, I could watch Lauren looking at me and being like, this is one of Kurt's friends. I like this guy. <laughs> and that's pretty much all I said for the 30 minute ride back. Hey, yo, Pep Pep. <laughs> Means it's a great it's a great tagline it's fun it's enjoyable it's easy to say people want to say it that's the thing you have an ability to find a little earworm that people mm. the first time they hear it they want to say it and i think I that agree. is as a beautiful skill i agree and, and you know if you're walking zelda later and she takes a dump in somebody's yard and you have a bag when you shake that bag out just give it a little ao pep pep and uh you're gonna be feeling good about it i can tell my favorite one as you know is old man tea kettle which i uh, still do now in the woods i'll still yell old man tea kettle before i pee and it's uh, the funniest because you did it <laughs> again this was when Kristen shaw and kurt and i were in edinburgh and we were hiking on a beautiful 75 degree and sunny day as it always is in scotland and <laughs> we were walking on a trail just the three of us uh, admiring the city from a mountaintop from a hillside and kurt sees the smallest gap off the trail like <laughs> one foot off the trail and says, old man tea kettle, and is peeing within 30 milliseconds. And Kristen was so outraged. She was so mad. were just peeing in front of her. But then I think it was really, and I think we've discussed it then, just envy. Just that she couldn't socially be able to just have to pee, just squat right down and say, old woman tea kettle, and let it loose. God, that was but so she was funny. like, so she was so like, you can't just pee without warning people. And I said, I said, old man tea kettle, <laughs> <laughs> which in my head was an appropriate warning for everyone. <laughs> That's right. It's so funny to me. It's so funny. I got to get back. I love the UK so very. I know. I haven't much. been. I haven't been back in a really long time. Um. Here's a confession. Okay. Confession time okay. for my silly little secret. Ooh. My husband and I have been married for 30 years, and he doesn't know that I have a rather noticeable mustache. During the he, recent what? years, I would quickly grab How his razor. How does he not notice? I know. Okay. Uh, during the, the early years, I would qu- quickly grab his razor and take a quick, uh, couple quick swipes to shave when, I got, <laughs> when his back was turned. Uh-huh. Later, I got smart and started getting ready in the morning in a different bathroom so I could use my own razor in relative peace and privacy. You may be asking yourself, why don't you just go get electrolysis? Okay. To what I say, I've gone this long, so why would I spend the extra money? If I pass away before him, I guess I don't have any incriminating emails or videos that I need you to destroy, but I'd appreciate if you snuck into the funeral home and gave me a quick touch-up before visitation. <laughs> Absolutely, we will do that. You're probably going to outlive Curdy B and I. <sighs> yeah, but, but yeah, you have to let secret. us know. It's a great little secret. Mm-hmm. You have to have, you have to have, this is ter- This is maybe great advice or terrible advice. You have to have secrets in a relationship. Of course you do. In life. <laughs> Private life, you personal do. life, social, media life, secret life. You gotta I'm not them. saying, I'm not saying evil, bad secrets. No. Uh, you know, like, not like uh, you're cheating or something like that. Absolutely. But little things that are just for you that maintain your individuality. I'm not saying that uh, having your own mustache is the thing that's just for you. <laughs> but it's but a fine secret to have. It's a fine secret to have. And we Nobody are, gets hurt. 
nobody gets hurt. And I feel like I've, I feel like I miss, I, I miss that because my, uh, my, my career is all about kind of throwing my secrets out into the open. And yes. so I feel like I have very few true secrets that are just mine anymore. I don't, like, I think I'm, I've, I've, I've just had to exploit every aspect of my history and personality. Yes. That, yeah, just keep those secrets. They're, 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 they're dear to you. Yeah, but you're good about it. I mean, you're a very honest comedian, and you, and even on bananas, you say a lot of things that you know are gonna. It's gonna be out there forever and ever. But I think <laughs> we've passed the, you know, I don't know, tipping point or whatever, where all of us have been living online and yeah. out in the out for so long that it's almost like secrets don't matter. Like it, it's a like there was a time where if somebody was nude in a movie for the first time they went topless in a movie they would get paid like five million dollars more yeah. than if they hadn't now if somebody's nude in the movie you're just like oh yeah like you don't think twice about it like where you where we've been conditioned at some point we're gonna have a president who definitely has a sex tape that is gonna be mm-hmm. passed around on online like we've just yep. crossed the point where We've all mistakenly volunteered so much information. <laughs> At least you get paid to do it. At least you go on stage and make people laugh and you get paid to do it. I have a secret. And I told you this one. Ooh, but okay. So when I moved into the cabin, which I've recently moved out of, uh, the then owner was like, do you have a gun? And I was like, I don't. And he's like, oh, okay, well, here. And he had in um, in the bathroom in the hutch or whatever, like where you put the towels, uh, he had built a custom thing that had a secret gap that you could keep a gun or money or drugs or something. All Did it like slide I- out or was yes. it like, it, okay, something slid out. So it was like, it wasn't just like a, a fuck up and it was like, oh, there's an extra no, hole here. No, <laughs> it was definitely a compartment that was okay. like the top of like, the easy example would be if you can imagine your your ki- a kitchen counter that you could pull out to you, and behind it there was like two inches of space. Okay. So you could tuck in a, a thick book at most. So I don't have a gun. I didn't have any money then, and I don't really do drugs. So I was like, okay. So I just forgot about it completely until two weeks ago when I was packing up for the last time, and I'm like digging out all my towels and doing all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I opened it up. You know, it's empty. So I decided to put something in there. So, and I didn't tell the current owner of the house or the next tenants who I hope are bananas, but I put in it, I was like, I have to put something in this secret space so that if any contractor or person accidentally bumps their hip into it, they'll find it. So I put in uh, Estelle Getty's memoir. (laughs) Estelle Getty was. Uh, a golden girl in the TV show Golden Girl. She played the oldest golden girl, even though she was the youngest actress. Uh, what? I know. And it, her book is called If I Knew Then What I Know Now. So what? She had verve. <laughs> America's favorite golden girl, Estelle Getty. And next to it, I put, congratulations, you found a hidden treasure. You're doing great. Have a great life. Uh, Four fifteen twenty three. So, Oh, that's awesome. Or something like exactly like that. So, anyways, I, that's my little secret. I hope somebody finds it one day. I didn't put my name on it or anything. I just want someone to discover this and go. Me too. How weird is this? And then their TikTok goes viral. I'm, 
also just trying to fully comprehend the title. If I knew now what I knew then, so what? So what? That's it? So it doesn't, it's just like, I don't care if I, I'd make all the same mistakes. Like what? It's just a kind of confusing title. Estelle. It's a very confusing title. It was <laughs> not a great read. Um, oh, you I read was, it? I was. Oh, yeah. I was gifted it so long ago, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I just need to uh, purge this from my life by freaking some stranger out one day. It's great. Um, I love that so much. That makes me very happy, Scotty. I know. You got to do these little secrets like that. Are you kidding me? I got something for you. It's from Ooh. next door. You okay, ready for let's some do some howdy neighbors. Shit? Howdy neighbor. Here it is. Um, this is from. Um, I found it. I saw on best of next door. Shout out. Um, Love her, Jan. We'll have her on. Yeah, we really should. This was from. We asked her. We asked her to be on, and she's like, "I am so busy." And then now she's like, "I am ready." So she's coming on. Um, this was from uh, 2019. Mm, um, the before times. This someone posted on next door in Arlington, Virginia. Taco Bell the terrible. We went across the street from our neighborhood to the new Taco Bell on Lee Highway to buy our family food. We buy a bunch of food, and I grab about fifteen to twenty sauce packets for our order. Suddenly, a man sitting and eating yells at me to leave sauces for other customers, and then I've taken too much. I was literally shocked. So I respond, "Who the heck are you?" He yells and says he's the owner, and then I. I have too many sauces. I tell him, it's not like I'm stealing. I just bought a bunch of food. We ask for our money back from this cheap and undeserving of our business owner. I will never go back. Who treats customers like this? Who loses business and customers for 15 to 20 packets of freaking hot sauce? Neighbors beware. Don't take too many sauces or you will be yelled at and berated at Taco Mm. Bell. Mm. So now, that's the first post. okay? Okay. Then come the comments. Yeah, this is do. this is here. Next they 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 come in. This is next door. So no one is gonna just say, uh, "Man, that sucks." No, uh, uh-uh. uh. People are coming in hot with dumb <laughs> takes. <laughs> the dumbest. <laughs> these are the people that live next door to you. The dumbest people yeah. <laughs> in the world. When you read next door, you're like. Oh my! Your neighborhood doesn't matter what neighborhood it is. No, every neighborhood is filled with the dumbest people in America. That's every right. single neighborhood. Agreed. Uh, first comment: No offense, but twenty sauce packages is taking more than your fair share. <laughs> and then, boom! <laughs> right off the bat, Robin and Jeff come in. No offense, but you're wrong. Come on, for starters, we don't have the relevant facts. How much food and how much purchase? Oh boy. For seconds, what were they going to do with the sauces other than eat them, sell them, and make their fortune? Oh uh, boy! And then, and then people are coming in hot after uh, Michael, who said that. What's the proper fair share according to the taco sauce police? Please enlighten us, since the saucepan doesn't come with directions. Uh, and then blah 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 blah. Oh boy! And then it gets put on, and then and then it gets covered on the local 
uh, news channel. Of course uh, it does. Yes, it does. Lee Highway Taco Bell sauce packet drama achieves a best of next door fame. Mm. Um, so it actually became like a whole thing. I mean, that is insane. That's yes. insane to anybody I- take too many <laughs> sauce packets. When I went to college, I came back freshman year uh, in the summer, and a buddy of mine had joined the police academy, or he had become a cop uh, yeah. in Baltimore. And his, it was one of those great combinations where the older sibling is like straight as an arrow, like straight A, was an EMT in high school. And then his brother was like the exact opposite, like uh-huh. loved drugs, loved getting in trouble. Pres- so, president and criminal. That's right. Firstborn's the president, second's the criminal. And I'm the second, and that's I'm the bad boy of podcasting. Um, so wait, your you sister go, is like a doctor, though, right? Lawyer, yeah, she's, she's a, a lawyer, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a perfectly straight arrow. She's great. Um, so we go, and my buddy is a cop's. Like, hey, my brother's, you know. He's still a, a knucklehead. Do you want to go uh, shoot some pool with us? Would be great to catch up. So I go, yeah. So we go to this place where we're just playing billiards, shooting mm-hmm. some pool, and everything's. You know, there's a weird tension between those two, but it's again, it's like one's in high school and still kind of a a mess up, and then the other one is like now a cop, like a 23 year old cop or something. Exactly. And okay. So while when we're leaving, the younger brother grabs like a handful of ketchup packets off the bar. And I'm like, this is here we go. Like it just was it felt like the smallest little defiance or whatever. And so but I clocked it. My friend didn't. And so we walk outside and we're going to cross the street to go to our cars. And I see the younger brother twisting the top of the ketchup packet really tight, like just twisting a little aluminum packet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I cross the street, and then my buddy who's a cop crosses the street, and then his little brother waits for a car to come by, throws the handful of twisted ketchup packets so they all pop and explode on a car. And oh, then boy. the three of us had a standoff where like his brother's the car stops and the guy gets out, and then I'm standing there like, is this how it ends for me? And it was like this weird thing where it was like, what are you going to do, arrest me? And so then I'm just like the judge being like, why did you do that? But also, is that a crime? But also, is that person safe? (laughs) And now whenever I see a ketchup packet all these years later, I'd never seen anybody do that before. But he basically tightened them up so tight that they would break instantly. And then just gave a nice little sidearm toss in front of his off-duty cop brother and a guy that kind of knew him in high school. It was so awkward. So wait, how did it fight? Was like the brother, did the brother even know what was going on? Did the brother, the cop brother, just being like, I could arrest him right now. I'm a cop. Yeah, the older brother's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, shut up, man. He's like, get in the truck. And then they're just like arguing while they get into the truck. And I'm like, oh, And then the is... guy, just the guy whose car got ketchup was just like... Was just like confused and drove away. Yeah. Well, I'm like, sorry, man. And also, my buddy's a cop. It's like humongous, of course. And he yeah. was like, he was like, I got it. I'll take care of it. Sorry. He's and <laughs> so totally insane. Totally, <laughs> totally insane. <laughs> oh well. Let's oh see. man. Let's do I a live uh, howdy but neighbor. But also, it's like, yes. Oh, I would love to do a live howdy neighbor. That's this a great one is idea. from five minutes ago. Oh, okay. Oh no, it's this from... just came in. This is hot off the next door presses. Naked man on Magnolia? <laughs> my kids and I are we're just driving down Magnolia. My three-year-old says, Mommy, I see a man walking in no shirt. No pants and no panties. He's naked, Mama. 
<laughs> the best part about this... Oh, did anyone else see this? I was driving, so I didn't see it. Does anyone know where it's addressed? Do we have a streaker on Magnolia for now? I love it. I love... Oh, Central Burbank, Kurt. Be careful out there in Central Burbank. This was just in Central Burbank just five Today. minutes ago? Today. Oh, this is so great. Also, she didn't see it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's taking the word of a of a, of a baby child. Mm-hmm. Which... They're, they lie 50% of the time, regardless of who they are. <laughs> I like the very angry next doors that don't give context. Um, uh-huh. There's Here's one uh, from your neighborhood, Kurt. Happy Mother's Day. Some motherfucker stole my car last night. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's, That's it. it. Like, he just wants, he just wants to commiserate. Like, it's just... There's a certain level of like just people want to just communicate. They just want to talk. Neighbors are nuts. And, and I do want to say I under I understand the dis, the the desire to just like send like tell this is what just happened to me. Like yesterday it happened to me cuz uh-huh. I just got Scotty helped me. Uh-huh. Scotty helped. I wanted to take uh Lauren and her mom uh, to a Dodgers game for Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And Scotty helped me get the perfect affordable seats at Dodger Stadium. That's true. It was literally, we were the on that side of the field. We were the only seats in the shade. It was like he knew it. Yep. He knew it implicitly exactly where it would be. We were the only ones, and everyone else, I was just like, how are these people doing it? They must be dying. Cooking. It was so hot. Cooking in that heat. Yeah. And, Dodger uh, and Stadium got, is the best. It is so, so beautiful. Fun. The palm trees, the food, everything about it. But if you're not a San Francisco Giants fan, it's the most peaceful fans I've ever. They they hate the Giants, yes. and occasionally they beat the shit out of them, which is not <laughs> cool. We are against that. But Dodger Stadium is the most beautiful place just to sit. At. It's the best open air bar in Los Angeles. It's incredible. I've I've been seated everywhere, mm-hmm. and so I knew when you were taking the kids that if you're not in the full shade and you don't want to drop a hundred dollars yeah. a ticket. Those seats in the left field, like section H or J, all the way in the back row. You're near bathrooms. Yep. You're near the food, the playgrounds. You're How two, was it? It two, looked like a good time. Two flights up from an indoor bar that's air conditioned, where you can and there's no lines if you want to no. get a quick drink and bring it right back up. Um, it was awesome. It was a really, really fun game, and it was like so much shorter than I had anticipated. Olive yes. is really into baseball. Like it's fun. She's uh, and I I guess I have to I might have to like learn about baseball, Scotty. It's, it's um, there are a lot of rules, but the basics are very fun. Um, and I I think I know all the basics. I just don't know a damn thing about any of the players. Like literally, we pulled up and she was like, Mookie Betts, Mookie Betts. She was like so excited about. She Mookie knew who Mookie was just because of her buddies at school. I guess he's the um, best. And uh, and so yeah, so she was psyched, and then he hit a. Home run, like In, right away to your section too. Yeah. Into right yeah. to that section. Um, when after the Great Quar, they opened Dodger Stadium at like half capacity or third capacity. So I went to a game with Chaley and Megan mm-hmm. Gailey and Mike Lavanos, my good buddies. Chaley and, and Gailey and Vanos, the yeah. classic podcasters. So. Those four, <laughs> and I kept joking. I was like, the four of us again. We we do this all the time. Four people who have never been together at the same time. <laughs> 
So we sat in bleacher seats, and it was so cool. They had zip ties over every other section so that you had entire rows to yourself just That's for safety. Cool. It was the best. It was the best. And like everything was open, and we were all you know buddies, and it's open air anyway, so it felt safe at a time where things were just starting to reopen. And because of it, the stadium was very empty, and we were in the outfield right behind Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. And so I started going, we really like you, Mr. Betts. And then I said, uh, we really enjoy your play, Mr. Betts. What, you were that we, close? Yeah, and there's nobody in the stadium. So like all the people around us who are like, you know, 10 feet away are giggling. Chaley's laughing so hard, she still brings it up all the time. But every time you would make a catch, you would like, jot, you know, you'd catch and run towards the wall and uh, just calmly say, we really like you, Mr. Betts. And eventually, Mookie's just looking over his shoulder at like, who was saying this? And then I wouldn't wave or do anything. I would just pretend like it wasn't me. We really enjoy you, Mr. Betts. I think it's still the number one bit between old Chaley Rose and I. Oh, it's a great bit. It's, it's a fun bit because he could hear us so clearly and it to say is... something kind and menacing, the best. I uh, it is fascinating that when you're down on that field, how much you can hear of the crowd because just the way that it's structured, like sound travels all into that center area. Yes. Um. So that is really interesting because you have all that kind of like backing metal behind you, kind of like projecting it towards them. Yes. Um, which it's is like so at fun. least, and they probably always get abuse, you know, at away games and stuff. So it must be nice to just get a little. Well, we it's really the number one. Like we have the highest attendance of any team in baseball for the last eight years. So wow. pe- Dodgers fans are also really good. We make the playoffs and the mm-hmm. World Series pretty much every year. But um, the fans on the crowded night, especially after the All-Star game, which is the middle of the season, it, when it's really packed, there are like archetypes. First of all, nobody likes beach balls in the world more than Dodgers fans. On any given game, <laughs> there are just five or six beach balls just being hit around and cheered for. And then when they fall from the upper deck to the mezzanines, people boo. When they fall from the mezzanines down to the box seats, people boo. And on like a really rocking night, you look around, there's like 10 beach balls just being batted around by fans who snuck them in. Hilarious. Hilarious. Because also, they need to be like snucked in in your pants. Yes. Because flat. they check everything. They check under your hat when you walk in and everything. You have to have a bag that's clear and see-through. It's very safe don't you feel safe when you're in there like it oh, yeah. feels like you're in the airport or something you're like well i'm clear yeah um and then they love doing the wave at dodgers games they will do the wave did they do the wave when you guys were there no and the kids would have loved that so much Bummer. yeah they do the wave both directions meaning so it goes clockwise and counterclockwise they do it when we're pitching they do it when we're hitting they do it all <laughs> the time where you're like guys you're supposed to do the wave as like the team's doing really good let's keep the momentum going not dodgers fans it's like we're losing 6 to 1 in the 5th inning let's do the wave in the wrong direction it's while or while we're hitting so it's distracting it's so fun and wonderful and there's always a drunk older guy that yells the funniest thing at the outfielders and sometimes a a Dodgers fan yells at a Dodgers outfielder and the whole section cracks up and you just see this man's face just like for seven innings he's been drinking micheladas and he doesn't know where he is and he can only remember one player's name and he yells something so silly at them and the whole section cracks up and then he sits down like my work here is done (laughs) 
It is interesting how it's a little community. There was like so many, because it was also Mother's Day when we went. Oh, that's and nice. so it was like everybody, at, you know, all the moms were out. And uh, and everyone was like giving us little tips and stuff. Like, oh, hey, you go get a, a Dole Whip. And I was like, oh, I'll get them a Dole Whip. You know, like all that sort of stuff. It was They're really fun. so nice. The Dodgers fans are heavily, heavily Latino and Hispanic families. Yeah. They are the nicest, best fans. I love, I mean, I just love Dodgers games. The one thing I'll really miss about where I live now compared to my old place is I could walk to the know, stadium from walk. there. But I still go, I don't know, 15 times a year. I just love the atmosphere, and I love sitting outside with my friends, even like yourself. Like, you don't care about baseball. You you don't know every player on the team, but sitting outside and drinking a beer and then being like, I'm going to go pee and get a hot dog. You're like, yeah, this is fun. Okay, so do you know of this game? This is a question I have for you. Because I once went, when I was in my 20s, I went to a game at Wrigley Field with Matt Donnelly, who was in, we were in an improv group called Neutrino back in the day. And uh, Matt knew that I knew, and at that point in my 20s, I not only didn't know anything about sports, but also had a chip on my shoulder that was, I was anti-sports, but I had been talked into going to this game. Mm -hmm. And Wrigley Field is like very, it's very like historic and old and beautiful and so i was like impressed by that but he 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 had this game that we would play that like kept me engaged the whole time because i didn't know what was going on good and it was like you would put like coins everyone put money into a cup like from a beer um and then while like a bat pitchers up someone's you're shaking it do you know what i'm talking about it's like a betting game that like happens on each pitch or something like that okay so i know one version which is for people that don't like sports, you whoever finishes their cup of beer first, that becomes the cup, and that uh-huh. person puts a dollar in. And when you, when the home team's up, so if the Dodgers are up, uh-huh. I put the I put it in. If the Dodgers player gets a hit, I keep the dollar. If they do anything but a hit, uh-huh. if they walk, if they strike out, whatever. You pass the cup, and the next person puts a dollar in, and you I keep see. passing the cup and loading it with dollars until you That's get a it. hit. I think that yep. was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is so fun because then you're just cheering for hits. You, it, yeah. A bunt is a hit. Like, yeah. if you get hit by a pitch, not a hit. You pass it down, and sometimes. But oh, so a foul is 20. a hit too? No, yeah. no fouls. So basically, oh. you have to have a single, double, triple, or a home run. Okay, and then. If you if there's a grand slam, you keep the money, but you have to buy everybody a round of beers. Okay, so it's a very fun way to get people to actually pay attention when the team is hitting. Yeah, it's great. I remember just like being engaged the whole time, but also I was pretty engaged this whole time too, even with the kids. Like Olive did really great, and Gus was, you know, he's three, so he was a three. He ate snacks and goofed yeah. off, and and then yeah. was mad about things. Um, but they ran the bases, didn't they? Then we got to run the bases, which was like, so we had to, you have to exit the, the exit the stadium mm. and then get in line. But we went like before the end of the, of the ninth and got in line, which was great because then the line stretched on for like, it was all family. So every single, like 50,000 so people then got in line, so you know? Far. And then we like walked onto the field and then they got to run. And I have a video of, we have videos of both of them running and little Gus just pumping his arms, just pumping his (laughs) arms, trying to run as fast as possible. Like he's exhausted, but like the energy of everyone running. Um, And then I'm like, I'm running with like, I'm running backwards so I can shoot Olive with my camera. 
And then there's just like the, like people at third base just being like, turn around, turn around, sir, face forward, like screaming at me. Keep on the dirt. Cause I was like running on the grass. Keep oh, on the dirt. That's fine. It was insane. It was like, it was like such a beautiful, wonderful, magic experience. Then you pass third and it's just screaming at you. <laughs> Stay on the dirt, jerk. <laughs> but it was pretty magical. It was awesome. Yeah, well, and that, it is. It feels like Disneyland for adults. Do you know what I mean? Like that's I love what it. it feels like. If yeah, and bananas. If if I'm ever there, I usually wear a bananas hat when I'm there. So I I'm not a huge like logo wearing guy. Sometimes I wear a Dodgers hat, but overall, I'll, I'd rather just wear a Banana Boy number two hat. Say hey, I'll buy you a beer. I think it, I'll buy you a blue Dodgers margarita if you see me there. I'm gonna go at least, like I said, ten more times this year. Fifteen. Next more time times. you go, let me know. I want to go uh, now. But in the fall, we'll go. We'll take Olive, you and me and Lauren. We'll take Olive because it's like cooler, and you like yeah. you know you wear your jackets, and it just feels like I don't know. It's a different vibe. It feels like fall, which you right. don't usually get in Los Angeles. I love that. Well, we All really right. like you, Bananimals. Thanks for listening to our new bonus zone. Send your questions if you need advice, mediocre advice from best friends, mm-hmm. confessions, stories, and yeah. we'll do the howdy neighbors on our side. But if you see something on Next Door Citizen that is just absolutely bananas, DM it to us. Send it to the bananas podcast at gmail.com. And thank you to everyone who helps with this podcast. Thank you to Katie Levine. Thank you to our intern, real human intern, Lisa Megan. Thank you to everyone at Exactly Right, including Karen and Georgia. And if you like these, let us know. We're excited to do a new thing with bonus sods. So let us know and we will respond. Bonus sounds. Bonus sounds. <laughs> <laughs> Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.